0: Yeah, we're happy to be here this weekend. Um, I think last time we were here was right after our wedding. Um, So happy to visit again and um, not have to travel separately and make that all complicated. It's nice to be able to travel together. That's what I'm saying. Um, Because we're married. So, yeah. (laughs) We've been... uh, Hard at work with National School Project this summer. Um, In the last few weeks, we finished up some intensive training with our leaders, our staff, and part time staff out in Chicago. Um, And then we went straight from there, um, spent a few days at home down in LA, and then now we get to visit up here um, with our other home. And I wanted to share a little bit about what God's doing with our ministry. Um, And what's cool is. I'm more excited more and more as I work with this ministry to share not just what Devin's doing in Sacramento and, or what Devin's doing in the Bay Area. I'm excited to share about what, what God's doing as a whole across the country. Um, so we're really excited to be starting this new movement, actually. It's called the Meant for More Movement. Um, I might have mentioned it last time we were here. I can't quite remember. <laughs> but what this is is a movement we're inviting high schools and middle schools across the country into to just preach this message across their campuses that students are meant for more. Christian students are meant for more. The lost students are meant for more to live that purpose God has for us. Um, and there's that message of hope, right, the gospel, and that's the message we want to see go out into all schools. It, it's nothing new. <laughs> the message is still the same. Um, it's really just this new theme that we're giving it that's catchy and um, relatable and draws students in. Um, and so yesterday we actually got to bring this idea um, into a gathering that we're going to start hosting every other month um, in the Placer County area. Um, like Stephen said, we're partnering with other ministries, other schools, other uh, churches, to put together these you know, bi-monthly summits, is what we're calling them, to gather students together to pray together, to worship God, um, all for praying for this movement to happen across our, our schools in this country. Um, so yesterday was, like Stephen said, just a glimpse. We had two schools represented. We had Lincoln High. We had Joey and another club leader from uh, Joey's Club. And then we had um, a few club leaders from uh, Granite Bay. Um, and So they, they came together. And there's more that weren't able to make it yesterday who wanted to come And we're hoping can come next time. But it's really cool. I I even saw at the end, Joey started hanging out and talking and swapping, you know, contact info with the Granite Bay club leaders. Because they're all these leaders God has ordained on their campuses. Um, So it's really cool seeing this happen where students are uniting together. They're from different schools. They're from different churches. But they all have that same goal, getting the gospel to go out on their schools. So, we have this video I want to play, um, and then we could explain just a little more, um, just to more kind of get you guys. It's a movement
1: it. of youth who long to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ with their school student body. It's a movement of students who are compelled to sound the alarm of truth, to share this message of their Maker with all whom He made. You are meant for more, you have a purpose. You are not a product of random chance. You are no accident. Every detail of your reality has been fashioned and formed by an artist who goes to great lengths to shape you into his image, so every inch of your depths is known by your creator. What's more, you are adored by him. You were meant for more than the things this world has to offer. Worldly pleasures make lousy lovers who never fulfill their promises. Not only are they incapable of satisfying your need for more, but they enslave you from the inside out and wreak havoc on your hope. Choosing less means rejecting more. This is sin against your creator, and its simplicity, and its end is death. And you were meant for more. You were meant to know God. And though we have rebelled against Him he has made a way for that to be possible again his son his precious son he sent to live the life we were meant to live jesus gave more more and eternally more than we can ever give he died a sacrificial bloody drama for every person who puts their hope in him he rose for you to find your all in him for he is more Christ, the drink that truly satisfies the rest our spirit aches for. He's the place where we call home. He's the embodiment of more. He is what we are meant for. And if knowing him is most good, then what else could our lives be spent for? Every day, every moment, he extends his life-giving hand, saying, come, trust, find in me the life that you were meant for. Yea, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. But two, how can they find their hope in him unless they've heard his name? Will you tell them? Oh, you messengers of more, be ambassadors of God's abundance. You who already know you were meant for more. Join the movement.
2: Yeah, so it's so good really intense, right? But I think these students are totally ready for it. We don't want to feed them this watered down version of the gospel. We want to give them the truth of Jesus. And um, I've been saying for years, you know, as we've been involved with the ministry in college, um, as we were working on our support raising and stuff, I was meeting with people even back in Illinois from my hometown. And I just kept telling them, I was like, I feel like We're just on the cusp of something so big, and I didn't really know how to describe it back then, but we were sitting with all of our staff a couple, I guess it was like a few weeks ago now, and um, we were all just kind of feeding off of each other, encouraging each other with stories and, and things that we're excited for for the next year, and I had this moment where I was like, this is it. This is that thing that I've been feeling like we're on the edge of something huge, um, this is that thing, and so it's really cool to, to even envision this coming March where hundreds and hundreds of schools across this nation are going to be putting on meant for more weeks at their school, and they're going to be able to say, oh yeah, Lincoln High, they're doing a meant for more week, cool, this school in Pennsylvania is also doing a meant for more week, and they're going to see each other's pictures and be encouraged by the stories, and um, it's just going to be really cool. Time of gospel proclamation. Um, this is just a small part of this next one thousand day plan. We launched our thousand day plan uh, three weeks ago, now two weeks ago, three weeks ago, something like that. And um, that that campaign is actually to reach a million students in a thousand days, which is about the next three years. So, like I said, that's huge, right? So, um, I was sharing with the high school students yesterday. One of my favorite Bible verses is uh, in Psalm 127. It talks about, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. And it's all about, like, we just have to let the Lord go before us in all of this because otherwise it's it's worthless. So I would just encourage you all to be praying with us for this mission field. It's so strategic, it's so necessary. We've shared this with you before um, that it's up to like 85% of people in America accept Christ before they're 18. That's an insane percentage, you know? So, I mean, this is just such a strategic mission field, and um, students are figuring out their identity, and they need to know that they're meant for more. So please be praying with us. Um, We're excited to keep you updated. So thanks, guys.
3: Thank you, guys. I am more than thrilled than what's going on. I was... Listening to a pastor this week, and he was a new one. I didn't hear. He's sharing his testimony, and in his testimony, he said that um, him and his wife started a church or whatever. And uh, but uh, him as a, a brother in Christ, his he said his family tree of salvation stretches back to the Azusa Street revival. And I thought that that just it hit me so hard. I was like, man, that revival. Has this family tree of people that went out and impacted a generation, and that generation impacted a generation? He said he traced his back to that, and I'm, I, I I can't help but wonder if this meant for more movement is going to be another revival in which, in generations from now, they, sh- they they trace their their salvation story back to that moment. And I believe that the Lord is bringing about revival. We talk about it all the time. We pray for it all the time. And my prayer has been, Lord, I don't want to miss it because each time it's looked different. It's looked different every single time. So I, whatever way you want to bring it out, bring it about, but I want to be a part of it and I don't want to miss it. And it's a, maybe it's a little strange that this is happening on campuses. But I believe that it's the way that the Lord is ushering in the next revivals amongst students, using students. Joey shared his heart yesterday about why he wants to get onto campus and share with students. And all he said is he's I've experienced a joy I've experienced that I haven't experienced anywhere else. And it's only been in the presence of God that I've experienced that joy. And I want my peers to know that same joy. I think that when we look at this movement that's happening. And, it, and it's, it's, it's spreading like wildfire. And we know it's, it's of the Lord because different organizations are partnering with it. There, there's no more territorial lines. Churches are tearing down the walls to say, we need to get behind this. Because I breathe the Lord's ushering a revival through our students. They're meant for more. They're meant for so much more. The, the students that don't ha- haven't understood the truth of God and what's, what Christ has to offer, they're meant for more. But our students... The ones that that proclaim the name of Jesus, they're meant for more too. They're meant to lead. They're meant to co-labor with us. They're meant for mission right here in Lincoln on their campus. I'm excited to partner with it. Amen? So before, I'm going to ask ushers to come up. Ushers, you come up. You know what to grab and all that. But I am going to pray for what the Lord is doing in Lincoln and what he's doing through the students, how he's using... Uh, youth pastors and church leaders and organization leaders to see the future. How he's breaking down their hearts and giving them a heart for revival. Because I tell you what, when you have a heart to do what the Lord wants, you don't care what wall's in the way. It's coming down. It's coming down. Amen? So Father, we thank you for what you are doing in our city and across the nation and cities like it. You have heard our cry, our plea to reach our students, to reach the youth in this town, and you're using your youth to do it. And Father, I am so, so thankful that I am here to witness it. Father, we want to be a part of your revival, that that awakening that you're bringing about in this town and in this community. Father, show us our role in it. Speak to our students and let them know that they were made for mission, that they were made to lead and that they are made to co-labor with their peers and the generations before them. Father, we thank you for the move of your spirit in our town. Thank you, Lord, for your plan of salvation for all of humanity. Speak to us, Father. Remind us how much we are meant for. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Oh, bless the offering, Father. Thank you for your provision. Amen.
1: (laughs)
4: Well, praise the Lord. What a great day already. Everybody good to go? As much as possible. It's good to have everybody. Marie, it's good to have you and your family here today. It's really a blessing. What a treat. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm going to, uh, it's interesting that the subject title, if I was going to title, I actually did title this message, it's called More Of, interesting, so I'm thinking this ought to be, this ought to be the theme for today, right, Devin, hey Devin, hey bud, Devin and Shannon, they're here just for a short weekend, I mean like the shortest weekend I think ever, picked them up Friday evening and they could leave today after, afternoon, but that's, uh, that's, that's what happens when you are now married and you have to go to work from, you barely get the weekend's. If that. So, what a blessing to have them for this weekend. It's been a treat for us. Kinsey goes off to school. She goes back to school also with them. So, she's going to be back in the LA area, back at Biola. So, our home will be Robin and us boys. Pray for Robin a lot. Oh, dear. I need help more of I'm going to read a passage of scripture it's in uh, Mark chapter 4 starting in verse 21 through 25 and Jesus said to them is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear, for with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given of. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. What is this more that Jesus is referring to? More of what? More of what? More of him? It's a good answer. Hey, okay, just in case you don't know how we do church here, I encourage and strongly even will pull it out of you to participate. Join in with me, okay? Hello, that means you got to respond. If I ask you a question, you got to respond in some fashion. And if I see you dozing off, I will get your attention. Somehow, I love you. A lot of translations will translate that more of as in it actually even add the word "more understanding." Is it, more, is it simply just more understanding that Jesus is referring to? Well, well, we know he is referring to understanding, but is that all he's referring to when he says this more? He said to them, pay attention to what you hear, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you, more will be added to you, for the one who has more will be given. Is it just simply more understanding? That's a question, right? Hello? You guys with me? Okay. How about if we just talk about it and say, what is he referring to in this? Because I believe as he's referring to the more of, it's almost though too, if we, if we don't read this uh, clearly as what Jesus is referring to, doesn't it seem a little bit counterintuitive or counterproductive? You know, It's, it's almost like if you have a little, basically if you don't want the little, he's going to take it away. But if you have a little and you want a little more, what's he going to do? He's going to give you more of. I like that. Uh, more of what? More of what? How about just simply this? More of his spirit. You guys with me? Okay, I, I need you to stay with me. More of his spirit. Um, I started writing down, jotting down, actually typing down it in my iPad, the more of things that I feel like, and I, I'm actually looking and seeking to have more of, God? Because I know we say, yeah, more of him. And that's a good answer. It's the right answer. But what does that mean? I mean, I, I like the, those responses because they're correct. But what does that actually mean? Is there, is there something tangible to have getting more of God? In other words, is there something in that that I could grab a hold of and I could put into practice, I can apply to my everyday life as I deal with the everyday life issues and situations and circumstances that hit me Probably as hard, if not harder, than it hits a lot of other people. And it hits all of us. Life hits us hard, right? So we need more of God. Hello? Yeah, so that's a good answer. It's the right answer. But what kind of God? What is this God stuff that we need more of? Hello? More of His Spirit. Kevin, you were going to answer. Yeah, yeah, peace, peace. I like that. Thank you, Kevin. More peace. More, more love. More love, more joy, more peace, more patience. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) More revelation. Love that. More kindness. More goodness. More compassion. More compassion. That's a beautiful one. More gentleness more consideration what were you, more understanding that's the very last one that i wrote down yeah cuz that's one way yeah that's good more understanding how about this any anybody in here need more self control <laughs> more discernment amen Amen. More discernment. You understand what discernment is, correct? Does everybody understand? Somebody tell me what discernment is. It's really simple. It's not a, it's not a trick question. I promise you. Okay. To to discern is is that's good, but I think it's a little bit spiritual understanding. Okay, there you go. Knowing the difference, knowing that, knowing that, knowing that which is, and having clear eyes, seeing that which is going on, and knowing what is true and what is false. Hello, I, I believe that there is there are people that God has placed in places of authority that He is gifted and anointed to have a spiritual discernment to know what is true and what is false. Um, I did not. I did not. I did not. Uh, um, it's a gift. There's, there's something when I say I didn't earn this thing. Um, but I felt like as the Lord, as I grew in the Lord and I studied the, the Lord's will, I studied the word, I just ate up the word of God. There was something inside of me and it was the Holy Spirit inside of me that that because I'm really not and believe me, I say this correctly, I'm really not all that bright. I'm not that smart to discern on my own the fact that I can't even, Robin will testify, I can't even pick out clothes correctly. And that's serious. I, I literally put a pair of shorts and pants on this morning, and she got in the car and said, um, you're going to turn around after you drop me off and go change your clothes, right? Oh, yeah, I was going to do that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, what i'm saying is there's a spiritual discernment and when i hear falsehood when i hear it when i see it when i when it comes into my realm i can identify it do you guys understand this what i'm sharing is that there's what i need is more discernment in this day and age because guess what's happening more and more today if we need more and more of god that's because there's more and more falsehood that's happening that's that's flooding us with that we need discernment. We need more discernment of what is true and what is false. Hello? That, that's, a, that's a little more correct than saying what is wrong and what is right because that's all subjective So or objective, but what we need is we need to know what is true and what is false. More wisdom, more common sense. Amen. Hallelujah. Our brains You ever notice how little your brain works these
1: days?
4: (laughs) Ask somebody a phone number. I know two people's phone numbers, mine and my wife's, that I can memorize by heart. That's it. I don't know why, I just, my brain has tapped out, checked out into automated mode, Right? Hello, there was a day that you had to memorize people's phone numbers and you had to push their number and even do this little thing, do this little thing. Anybody remember that? Well, one of the funniest YouTube videos I've ever seen is when they hand a rotary phone to a couple of teenagers and ask them just simply to call somebody. They have a clue as to how that thing works, and it's awesome. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen. Just YouTube it. It's, it's hilarious. Look it up, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. You don't, do you know what a rotary phone is? Not right now. You do? Oh, okay. Oh, the whole thing, spinny, spinnies. Yeah, there you go. How many of you anymore, when you walk into a grocery store, you stand at the door and wait for it to open up? Yeah, you've done it too. Like, wait, how come this door is an automatic? All right. I laughed the other day as I was I was I was parked in Lincoln Hills and I was I was making some phone calls and I noticed two different people pulled up into their garage and 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 before they could push the button to shut the garage door, they pushed a button to open up their their trunk. And it went, and then they grabbed their little things, and they pushed another button, and it closed all by itself. And then they pushed the button to close the garage door. I'm thinking, this is the Jetsons, man. I remember watching the Jetsons do that stuff and being trippy about like, wow, that was so awesome. They could push buttons, and doors will open up. It's like, wow. And this is where we live. It's, everything's automatic, which actually goes again, because it, it causes us to lack just simple things like common sense. So we need more of it. We need more courage. We need more courage in a day when bravery and courage is, and it needs to be courage in the in the places that there are that where it where truth has settled in and where truth. We need to be courageous in the truth. That's a whole other message. We need more clarity. Amen. Clarity today. We need more direction. We need more purpose. We need more identity in who we actually are, who we actually are. I love this because it's so, again, it's one of these uh, paradoxical truths. It's something that seems like it's counterintuitive when Jesus says to find out who you really are, you must die to yourself. That's true identity. I think one of the funniest stickers I saw the other day, I think one of the boys pointed it out, it's like, and they read it and I started laughing because I knew what it was talking about. It was this little Toyota pickup that said it had a big sticker on the back that says, I identify as an F-350. And I thought, that's awesome. I don't know why that's so funny, but I think that's hilarious. But it's, it's in your face kind of just laughing at, mocking at what we are faced against today, what we're up against. We need to know our identity. We need to know, we need to know more of our calling, our anointing, more blessing, we need more generosity, more hospitality, more healing in our mind, emotions, and body. Amen? Amen? There we go. I hit a couple of good buttons there. We need more strength. We need more softness of heart. Amen. And we need more understanding. Have you not noticed that the extreme is becoming hyper-extreme in our day. What do I mean by that? What I've seen is, to, so, and, and this is, again, I'm, I'm careful to just stand up here and tell you everything that's wrong in the world. That's not helpful to any of us. There's a lot wrong in the world. There's a lot wrong in me. I just look at me and there's a lot wrong in me. So just identifying and just uh, 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 whistleblowing all that's wrong isn't helpful, isn't the answer. But when we are able to see it so that we can, then then, then we can, just as, as we share the gospel, as the, as the NSP, which Devin and Shannon are, are in, integral parts of this movement of, Meant for more. The reason that that is needed is because so many students don't know what they're meant for. And it's heartbreaking. It's devastating. And it crushes the heart of God because they are intricately made and perfected in God's image. And we're selling out for so much less and so much less than what we're actually meant for. And yes, it starts as young people, but man, it grows into adulthood. And we carry it on to an, into adulthood, and then we try to find identity and purpose and things that just don't have it, and it confuses us, it restricts us, it bounds binds us to to, a, to something that is not, we're not meant for, amen. And the enemy is hyper extreme at pulling, dragging, twisting. Lying, stealing, killing any and all that he possibly can. Hello? And that's true. That's not true. That's not not a scare tactic. That's actually happening, and it's very true in our world. We are the salt of the earth. Hello? (laughs) We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are his children that are meant for more. And it's more of his spirit. In Luke chapter 11. Let's start in verse five. I read about eight verses or so. Jesus teaching and he said, which he said to them, which of you has a friend? will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot go up. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, you know what that means, right? His persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And he who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil... Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Hallelujah. Understand and see what Jesus is strongly urging us, His children, His children, to pay close attention to what we're going after. And not just close attention to what we're going after, but to go after it hard. To go after it hard. To do more than ask. Do more than seek. Get banging on the door and don't relent until God gives in. Hallelujah. You're his children. I'm his child. Hello? Anybody here a child of God? Hallelujah. Do you hear what Jesus is imploring us to do? He's urging us. He's actually exhorting. He's saying, this is how you go to the Father. You ask, you seek, you knock. And get over yourself thinking, oh, it's like, well, how come that seems kind of mean because he didn't, because he's his friend. It's like, I like that voice. I don't know why I like talking to that voice. It's kind of funny. Understand the point of what Jesus is teaching here. Go after it hard. Pay attention to what you're going after and go after it hard. So be, as he said in in Mark, remember, be careful how you listen, what you listen to. Pay attention to what you're going after. You ever ever get into a conversation or just have a a conversation with somebody and as you're talking to them, you realize that they're not paying attention to you at all? What? Yeah. Happens to me quite regularly. A lot of Sunday. Mo- no, just kidding. No, you guys are good. Why do Why do we What What causes us to pay attention to somebody that's speaking to us? I'm just asking you a question. This is This isn't a spiritual question. It's not a trick question. What is it inside of you that causes you to pay attention to somebody that's talking to you? Okay, compassion's good. Interest is good. Purpose is good. You're, you're right there. At least the answer that I want to hear. What's that? Okay. Okay. So that's 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 even closer. Is oh, okay. You're not being selfish. I get that too. Yeah. But yeah, because when you're when you're when you're just thinking of what you you know your business. You know, if you ever go to talk to somebody and you tell them your your hardship, your tragic that tragedy that you're going through, maybe some t- tough times. All they do is tell you. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, that, that happened to me last week. So I, you know, I, it's like, well, I thought you cared about me. All you want to do is tell me. Now, let me tell you what I would, you know, you ever, you ever deal with that? Yes. So it really comes down to this one thing, I think, is what and who and how we care is how we listen. What you care about is what you listen to. Hello? I mean, you're all saying the same kind of thing. But what we actually care about is what we're actually going to listen to. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, just pay attention to yourself, and you'll realize you, we all do it. Yeah. Hello? If you're ultra-conservative, you know, a right-winger, what, what are you going to listen to? You're going to re- listen to all the Fox News stuff and everything that's like anti-this, anti-that, and you're gonna, that's all you're going to listen to. Be careful how much of that you go into because it could just make you angry all the time of how everything's all messed up and screwed up in the world. I get it. And if you're the opposite, then you're going to listen to the opposite and then all you're going to do is get angry at everything that is not what you think it should be. Hello? Uh, Right? This this is just common sense stuff. Um, I was a part of a, a group this week that... I was asked to speak at a planning commission meeting, and I think most of you. Uh, I think, you, yeah, Steve, who's not here. Where's Steve, by the way? Okay, I'll give him a chat. Say, hey, where's where, where we at Sunday? A uh, Steve, yeah. Anyway, so uh, it, and it was it was in regards to the new hotel that's being built in the community, and in in the 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 person that's building it, the owner developer, is my former boss. In in he asked me to come and share and speak on his behalf for his character, uh, just basically a character reference and and so I did I said yes, I committed to it. I wasn't going to speak on the the yeas or nays of this or that. I just wanted to speak of what I knew. I knew this man to be a good man, a virtuous man, a man of integrity um, and that's what I wanted to share at but it but it was interesting in the room because of because of the the here, here's what I noticed. This is what I noticed, I perceived in the room. There was people that were filled with so much hate and animosity towards my former boss and all that were a part of this, simply because they believed in something that it was a much, bunch of hypothetical conjecture of what this could bring to our community. And as they, 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 they. They, I, they actually owned it as it was actually already happening. So much so that they became so filled with anger and hatred that they weren't able to listen to any sort of reason or reasoning as to why or why not this would be good or bad for a community. It was just their agenda. Hello? And, and when we get into those rooms and we get into those conversations, we get into that environment you got to be careful how you listen because it can stir up within you the same opposite. It's like an opposite anger against that. And that, that's not that's not what we're called to be is salt and light is just be matter back. Does that make sense? As much as you want to, uh, 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 you know, almost to where anybody that uh, that supported this, they, they they were already clumping into a group of already being pedophiles because how dare us you're going to invite this into our community and it's, it's like it's it's a it, it's it's it was ludicrous but here's what I also understood and I had I I saw this happen is and I and God stopped me from saying anything that was I wanted to say but I so I because the I based my understanding of But from the word of God and the word of God tells us very clearly answer a fool in the folly of his ways. All it will do is provoke anger inside of that person. And when foolishness conveys folly and folly conveys foolishness and it just keeps perpetuating, there's not any reasoning that can take place because all it's going to do is just make them even more angry at you. So I just had to just graciously, lovingly say prayers and say, Lord, have mercy on even what, and open their eyes to be able to see maybe what they're actually doing was dividing the community as a whole. When we as the church are making just every attempt to bring the community in, there's some that are trying to push others out that aren't like us. And that's sad and saddening to me as a community leader. The key qualifier, if we're paying attention, listen, is that we are paying attention. Because as Jesus said, if we're not paying attention to what God says, we will miss what God is doing. Do you, understand? Do you see? That's, what, that's, all, that's, that's a lot of what he meant by when he said, if he who has little, what he thinks he has will be taken away. So if we're not paying attention and on board with what God is doing, it's actually we could be on the verge of God removing that which we think we have. And that's a costly distraction. Hello? Would you say not? Would you say yay? I would say yay. That would be a costly distraction. By God's grace, we do have an advantage over Jesus' original hearers. We have God's authoritative authoritative written word. In fact, never have so many Christians, so listen to this, so many of us as Christians have so much access to God's word as we do today. But yet, I see us so confused as to what God wants us to do more so than ever. Interesting. We must not be lulled lulled into thinking that so much access to and familiarity with what Jesus' teachings means that we don't face the same danger as those first century listeners that Jesus was talking to. We may have a clear view of the kingdom and that the crowds that heard Jesus and his parables, but we are endangered, listen to this, we are endangered by dull hearing as anyone has ever been. Never have Christians possessed so much knowledge and wealth as Western Christians in Western Christianity, which, listen, it presents to us many temptations because we have so much at our disposal and threatens to destroy us. And never have Christians been bombarded with so many distractions, so many distractions. Being overly familiar, overly affluent, and overly distracted is a recipe for dull hearing that often manifests as being able to explain what Jesus means without actually doing anything that he says. It even verges on a false comfort. To be able to even accurately teach a text and yet not obey it. And still be anxious. Still be fleshly. Still be governed by our own desires. And yet not Jesus' commands. I would like to suggests that this form of deception is even worse than not listening or even forgetting because we become deceived. I think that's what James was referring to when he says do not de- deceive yourselves by just merely listening to the word and not doing it. It gets deep. I've always that's, that passage has always been so deep to me because I've always I've always had to look really really hard into my very soul to see to it that I do not deceive myself. I believe that there's one of the key identifiers is to how easily deceived we are and how... how um, uh, I think to the depth of our deception, we can identify by how quickly we notice everybody else's faults and how quickly we can say they're doing it all wrong before we look at ourselves. I think that we must pay very close attention to what we hear, how we hear, lest we drift away from the truth. Amen? If we're not paying attention we may not even realize we're drifting. Did you hear that? If we're not paying attention, we may not even realize that we're drifting. It's like the boys when we went camping last summer and they got into a lake and they they got into kayaks, just casually playing in these kayaks. In the middle of the day, the three boys with life jackets on and wetsuits on Without realizing it, all of us in the campsite and the boys themselves, without realizing it, they were literally about from our campsite, they were almost a mile out into the lake and almost and only about a hundred yards away from the dam and somebody happened to notice i don't know how they noticed they had good eyesight that they were there was wrestling and fumbling in the kayaks because. I think they they realized it dawned on them that they were far away and they were getting farther and farther away. They were drifting. And then the the afternoon swell came in and started pushing them even farther. And I was just starting my ribs. I was thinking, this is going to be a great evening. I'm going to barbecue up these ribs and somebody comes hollering and hooping, and uh, ah, the boys, they're out there in the lake, and I think they're in trouble. I was like, gosh darn it. I, was like, oh. I didn't say that. I was like, oh, man. I was a little bit like perturbed because I was like, man, these ribs, though. <laughs> it was a millisecond, literally a millisecond, because something came over me that I said, I, get her. I better do whatever it takes to go get them. I dropped everything. I started grabbing canoes and kayaks and said, come on, boys, men, we got to go. We got to set out to save them. And we set out to save them. And before we could get to the edge of the, uh, in, into the water, another, somebody uh, down the lake noticed it, and they saw that they were struggling. It's obvious, pretty obvious they were having a struggle. And then they, they got on their pontoon boat and raced out there and rescued them that was a good story I cried a lot that day I realized I loved those boys I wasn't sure before that (laughs) but I realized I did but the point is this is like those boys in the kayak if you're not paying attention life is full of swells I mean not you know what I mean Storms that will pull you, and if we're not paying attention, we are so easily pulled and swayed to that which is in the culture. I've seen this more than ever before, and maybe because there's just so much, just we're we're getting bombarded with confusion and you know identity crises and things that were like that weren't. So, just years back, we've got to be grounded in truth. We must be standing firm on the God's word and God and the pat. And we must have a passion for God's words. And I shared it last week. Said the only thing that gives you and I a passion, the only way that we have a passion to where I cannot get enough of God's word. The only reason. The only. The, the, the only thing that settles in there is like, I've got to get God's word is to be completely sold out to God. You can't keep nibbling on the worm of God's grace. You got to bite the hook of God's love and his calling and his purpose on your life. That ought to be written down in a book. Maybe I'll title that as a book or something. Do you understand what I'm saying in that, right? You nibble on the worm, you're never going to bite the hook. And oh, well, God loves, God loves, God loves. Yeah, nibble, nibble, nibble. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like the way God says about that. No, we've got to know who we are. The only way to know who we are is what God says, who we are, how we are. And it's in His Word. Hello? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you
0: know, I understand. And if that's all that I'm not using in my life, but I'm giving out of compassion or kindness or
4: forgiveness or discernment, that's what it's I get back. Yeah. <sighs> if you go in with a bucket, you know how much I need. Yeah. I like i I would like us to even take it even farther. Go into God with more than what you can actually carry. In other words, a bucket is, I could carry two buckets in one hand. That's, that's a lot. But I'm talking, get into something like a bulldozer or something that, you know, one of the, something big like George drives, something that's beyond what you have physical and human capabilities of taking to God and take that to God and let him dump all that more back into, onto you. Hello? Okay, that was really good. I want to do that again. I'm telling you, let's give more more to God that you are capable of giving to him. In other words, you've got to just surrender all of it. Hello? If I try to measure, well, I like keeping this. Well, God, you can have all of this stuff because I don't like that stuff anyway. That's a lot of what we do to God. Like, God, take my financial messes, my ornery kids, uh, uh, you know, all the issues of my life. God, take that. But let me keep all the good things, you know, the pleasures of life, you know. You know, the carrot cake. I won't give up that. You know, whatever... (laughs) I won't even say what that was, on, so it's on, it's just on, anyway, never mind. You guys understand, hear what I'm saying. That's, what I believe what God is saying for us today. Be careful, pay attention, we may not even realize we're drifting. Because see, we can look around and see lots of other, lots of other distracted, dull Christians who talk Jesus talk without walking Jesus walk. And even think it must be a little bit normal. And assume that we're doing okay. I think the moment that you think that you're doing just fine is the moment that you've drifted just a little bit farther than you really should be. That was a really good one. That really was. The moment that you feel like you're doing just fine, you've drifted a little bit too far. Amen, brother, I like that. Yeah, that was good. John 14, 15 says, and, and I'm going to read this out of the, the uh, Passion translation because I, I think I like how this, I, I think it, it, it's clear as to what it's actually saying here. Jesus saying, all the other, most translations say, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. But the Passion translation reads it like this, Loving me empowers you to obey me to obey my commands. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. The Christian life is an attentive life. We don't check out our brains. The Christian life is a hearing life. Be careful to what you hear and listen to. Even amongst Christianity, even amongst those who claim to be Christians, be careful to what you listen to. Hello? Amen. Amen. The Christian life is a life of doing his will. So we must pay attention to and listen to what God the Father is saying to us. But attentive listening, this is the last little point that I'm going to make. Attentive listening does not happen by default. Attentive listening to Jesus does not come naturally. It must be cultivated, developed, diligently guarded, sought after, beat down the door after. We learn to pay attention by intentionally trying to pay attention. Amen. And then I believe we do this. We pay attention to what God is saying. And then we make it stick by applying it. It's almost like putting on the velcro. You ever see those uh, uh, velcro suit when they have a big velcro wall? Put the velcro suit on by doing what God says to do and run straight at what God says to do and just Stick. That's what I see us doing when we actually put into practice what God says for us to do. We stick to God's will for our lives. Hello? Amen. And I love this as the last thing I'm going to say. The Spirit will help us if we ask the Father to teach us. We have a helper. Let's ask the Holy, let's ask the Holy Father for the Holy Spirit to teach us by the holy son's grace he will empower us <laughs> may we just simply realize how much help we actually need and listen listen carefully to the helper i need more help i do i need lots of help do you amen let's pray father we just thank you for your grace, your goodness, your kindness, your mercy that triumphs over all of your judgment because you are good, you are God. Your love, your kindness draws us, lures us, hooks us, hooks us as your children. And we are so eternally grateful We praise You today. We worship You today. We lift Your holy name up. And we thank You, Jesus, that You do not leave us abandoned. You do not leave us alone. You give us a helper that speaks to us. So we ask You, Holy Spirit, to speak loud, to speak clear, and to speak what you know we need to hear. In Jesus' precious name, hallelujah, amen, amen.